0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. And I think we both can agree when I say, thank God it's Friday. (laughs) Uh, So, opening day, come and gone. Cardinals
1: made a pretty exciting game for their first of the regular season. Cardinals can hit, but can they pitch? That is the key. Now, keep in mind they're playing the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday, day off today, but then Saturday and Sunday. Toronto is loaded. They have a tremendous offensive attack, and they can hit the devil out of the ball. So can the Cardinals. 10-9 to 9 is the final score. The Toronto Blue Jays win it. But what has to be disappointing, yes, it's the opening game, and yes, there's still 161 more games to go. But what has to be a little bit disappointing is Miles Michaelis who got lit up for three runs in the first inning and the uh, the Cardinals announcers I, I I love this you talk about homers gee man Christmas <laughs> oh man it, I mean i <laughs> are going on and on about how the ball was not struck very hard it just landing in there hey people that's baseball the ball was hit <laughs> come on uh, But the pitching is what has to be a problem. They bring in Jordan Hicks, the flamethrower, and all he did was pitch one inning and allow two runs and three hits. He got lit up. And uh, Ryan Helsley, who was their big stopper last year, he gives up two runs and two hits in one inning. Gosh almighty. And here's George Springer. You may or may not remember this Holmes, but you were you were doing PA work over at MSU when Springer played down here. He was with the Houston Astros. He's the one in 2013 who started the season down here, played half the season. Half the season and got called up and he was Texas League Player of the Year in just half the season. Guys, a great player. Five for six yesterday, five hits and six times at bat, one RBI. Vlad Guerrero Jr. had three RBIs. This team can hit the ball and they can hit it hard. And the Cardinals have to solidify their pitching. Best moment of the day, National Anthem, sung by Adam Wainwright, the pitcher who is on the disabled list. And he was pretty doggone good. I was very, very impressed. So was the crowd. It oh, of course the crowd was. But my goodness he—he he's he good. He's obviously been singing before, but I was, uh, <laughs> what are they doing? Putting the guy on the disabled list out there to sing the national anthem. And it was super. That's he awesome.
0: Well, time. if he ever puts on a show, I know you'll be first in line to buy some well, tickets. Well, I think
1: he may already have done that. He had two guys playing guitars with him, so I have to think this is his entourage right there. So he may be doing this in the offseason.
0: Uh, we talked about this recently. One of the guys who used to pitch for the Red Sox is like a I, I, rock guy now. I can't remember his name, but he just put out you, a new you record. You had him on the Yeah, I know. And I uh, hope... hope He's probably not listening, but I can't remember who it was, but uh, I do remember that he's uh, got a band now, <laughs> post-Red Sox. Either way, uh, the Royals had a pretty good spring training, but uh, did not start out the regular season in the same Isn't
1: way. Isn't typical Kansas City? They hit the cover off the ball in the spring training games, which is about, what, 25 or 30, somewhere around there. So they get to opening day and get shut out. Yeah. That is... That happens every single year. 2-0, Minnesota Twins won. Minnesota had 10 hits, two runs and 10 hits. Now, key is who were the Royals facing as a pitcher was Pablo Lopez, who was making his debut with the Minnesota Twins, came over from the Miami Marlins, and a big deal. He is a very good pitcher. So pitching shuts down the hitting in that first game. Zach Greinke of the Royals, not bad at all. He pitched five in the third inning. That's about... What he normally does, gave up a couple of runs and six hits. Two-nothing was the final score. I think it's uh, it's, it's unfair on one game. to Yeah, judge what they're the gonna do. I think the Royals are a better baseball team from what they have been, but it uh, didn't show yesterday offensively. It will later, I, I think, later on. I'll tell you what I'm scared of now that I hear that phrase more than I'd like to hear coming
0: up in this regular Still season. <laughs> <laughs> it's either one of them, so we'll see. But, hey, baseball's back. Regular season is underway. And uh, let's go. Uh, One more thing, though. Any kind of issues with the uh, new rules, pitching clock, anything like that?
1: Most of the games were conducted in under three hours. Not all of them. Cardinals game, for instance, was not. But that was the type of game that it was. Yankees Stadium in New York is the one that really fascinated me. The temperature was 39. They had 46,000 fans on hand. They're always going to opening day, Yankees. First first pitch is delivered to Aaron Judge, and he smashes it out of the ballpark. What else is new? He had 62 home runs last year, but this is a cold day. Now, you take a look at the box score. I do not know if this is a record. I haven't been able to verify it at all. But the two teams, both the Giants and the Yankees, combined for 32 strikeouts. 32. Each team had 16 strikeouts. 5 nothing. Yankees win the game. Their starting pitcher had 12. Yankees starting pitcher had 11 strikeouts. And their relievers all the way through, 32 strikeouts in the game. That is astonishing.
0: We spent last hour talking about nothing but baseball. Now let's talk about basketball. we got the Final Four weekend
1: beginning tonight with the ladies semifinals. What's the schedule? They will play, the ladies will play at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, home of the Dallas Mavericks. It is a really, really fine arena that's been used by the men on many occasions. Okay, these are the ladies playing tonight. The first game tonight is going to start shortly after 5 o'clock, and it should be a very good game. It's LSU against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a number one seed, LSU is not, but... LSU is favored by one and a half points. Now, how do, how do you figure that? Well, LSU's from the Southeastern Conference, and that's a pretty good league. The second game I'm especially anxious to see it's Iowa against South Carolina. South Carolina has won 44 consecutive games. They are the defending national champions. They are an 11 and a half point pick over Iowa, but Iowa has on their team the newly named. Ladies Basketball Player of the Year in college. Her name is Caitlin Clark. She's averaging somewhere in the high 30s in scoring. Great player, kind of a Jackie Styles type player, a little bit bigger than Jackie, but nonetheless, a a terrific player. And yet they're an 11 and a half point dog. I don't know about this. South Carolina versus Iowa should be a great game. The winners will play for the national championship for the ladies, and that is Sunday afternoon when they play in Dallas. What about the men? The men will play tomorrow, tomorrow evening. They have their semifinal round, and the men are playing in NRG Stadium in Houston. <laughs> you mean the Houston Rockets play there? No, the Houston Texans of the NFL are playing in a football stadium, folks. And they'll have about, no, oh, maybe 50,000, 55,000 people on hand to watch it. It's really a final four of basically, I guess you could classify them as Cinderella teams. Florida Atlantic will challenge San Diego State in the first game. That's shortly after 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And then Connecticut takes on Miami. That's shortly after 8. Where are the big names? Well, they're gone. They're off season. They're not playing anymore. These are the final four teams, and they'll play for their championship on Monday night. Should be a big-time winning weekend. Exciting stuff. Uh, last but not least, when we talk about the
0: school, it always blows my mind that we have a very talented academy Kids in Branson that play some incredible sports. They're actually in a national tournament tomorrow in Florida.
1: They've already started, and they're playing down in Fort Myers. It started yesterday afternoon, and Link Academy, about whom we're talking, played Paul Sixth. Paul the Sixth is another one of the basketball academies. They're from Fairfax, Virginia, and they have been here on several occasions for the Tournament of Champions. Link Academy is the defending Tournament of Champions uh, winner, or reigning, I should say, more than defending. Anyway, those two played each other and Link Academy won by 3. So that sets Link up against Montverde. Montverde is another academy from Florida and a big time. I mean, they produce any number of great athletes. And Link Academy has one loss on their schedule this year and that's it. Now they get a chance to avenge that later on this afternoon. This this is an 8-team tournament down in Fort Myers. Sponsored by Geico. You're familiar with them. Now, whether or not that little lizard is out there, that, uh, it's I don't a gecko,
0: <laughs> that it's, it's a gecko, man. It's a
1: gecko. That's uh, the whole deal. Now, The company's Geico is what they call themselves, so, but that's the gecko, geico, or geico, gecko, or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. <laughs> but bottom line is this. They'll play basketball in Fort Myers at Florida Gulf Coast University. And this is a big time, big time for prep basketball uh, operation. It is it, a big deal.
0: Well, another thing we learned today is Ned's a cat man, not a lizard man. You have a great weekend, (laughs) sir. I'll see you on Monday.